0: Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today my guest is Robert Lindsay Milne. Before I bring him on, a couple of announcements. You can always get new episodes free on Rockfin, Odyssey, and all podcast platforms. Check us out on Rockfin. This is where you're going to get our premium content. You get our regular shows and all the awesome content from every creator on Rockfin. Check out all the podcasts that we feature on the Forbidden Knowledge Network. We just dropped a brand new one, FKN Crypto, hosted by Corey Hughes. You can get those all on our website. That's ForbiddenKnowledge.news. Also follow us on Facebook. Those links are all in the description. And check out what may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, C60 Purple Power. The benefits have been personally amazing, but check them out for yourself. Click the link in the description and you can get 10% off your order plus free shipping. Today I want to welcome back to the show Robert Lindsay Milne. He is a psychic intuitive counselor, teacher, healer, and life coach. He is recognized across the continent as one of the most insightful psychic intuitive counselors of his time. At a very young age, he started working doing readings at the Cozy Tea Room in Toronto, and at the same time battling serious literacy issues. He managed to overcome his disabilities and travel the world giving insight with his psychic intuitive sessions to tens of thousands of people. Robert, welcome back. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great, and I can see you're doing pretty good, too.
0: Oh, yes, I'm doing excellent. It's been a great couple of years. It's great to have you back on. It's been a while since we've last spoke, and we really live in a completely different world than when we last spoke as well. Um, And I really want to get your thoughts and insights not only into you know our global situation that's happening now but our collective consciousness and you know the growth or decline of consciousness with whatever way you see it and the possible timelines that we could be heading down um but like i said robert it's been a while since you've been on i'd love for if you could remind the audience you know how this all started for you and how you first discovered your abilities
1: Wow, that's, that's a big, that's a big question. Um, I have been a professional psychic for 56 years. I I started working at a tea room full time, when I was 15 and a half years old, and at the tea room, uh, doing doing readings. And it was the way I got off the streets, because I was homeless at the time. So going back a little bit, I, I also survived on the street using my intuitive and psychic abilities. I, I knew in those days I had that sense or that, that awareness. Going way back to say like when I'm five or six years old, one time we lived in this old house and, 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 and um, b- by the way, I'm really not big on connecting with spirit and stuff. I'm, I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm I'm not the only thing I'm saying about it is uh, I, 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 I don't want to do it. OK, that's 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 the only thing I want to say about right. it. I, I just I just don't want to do it, but I believe it. And that's a, so um, when I was quite young, my, my mother used to send me downstairs to get her cigarettes. She Can you imagine a five year old going into a, a store today and say, you know, give me a package of uh, Rothman's, please? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she, it's well,
0: different time. She,
1: it certainly is. And um, I would feel energies in the house. And, and I could sense beings there that weren't. Uh, I didn't want to make friends with them. I didn't want to know them. I just, I just, I just knew that they were there. And I didn't much like being around, being around them when I was alone. So uh, anyway, one time I came home from school. I was about six. And I said to my mother, "Grandma Harris died today." And in 1955, uh, oh, oh, by the way, my gra- my grandmother, my Grandma Harris actually was was my great grandmother, and, and and she lived in England. And um, in those days, it was it was still in those days when somebody left the old country and went to the new country or the new world. They never went back home again. You know that was still going on. and, and the only and, and it was very difficult to make a phone call across across the street, let alone let alone across the continent. And, and so you know time or, or news traveled slowly. So I come home from school. I say to my grandma, or my mother, Grandma Harris dies today, My mother freaked out, yelled and screamed, probably hit me for saying bad things. The next night at dinner my dad my mother says to my dad grandma harris died yesterday and i thought my dad was going to get angry with my mother for saying bad things and to my astonishment they talked about it and everybody was cool and 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 i and and i didn't understand what had happened and throughout those early years I would say things and get hit for, and and not realizing why I was getting hit, especially when the when when the adults were talking about it or doing it, and it was very confusing.
0: Now, whenever you first started to pick up on, you said energies, this mm-hmm. wasn't a spirit, was it? This was just kind of intuitive feelings, or was well, it, it could
1: it, sure it, 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 it was, yes, it was. There, they, they, there was that energy there. Those mm-hmm. vibes. There, um, it was a converted mansion. It was called the McLean Mansion, and and there were a lot of different energies there. I, I've gone back in that in that uh, there that location uh, a few times as an adult, and and I recognize that there's several other there were several energies or entities there. So you chose um, I basically interested. not to I didn't,
0: just work with spirit. You chose to yeah, work through intuitive senses. I, I didn't,
1: yeah, I didn't want to work with them at all. I
0: guess I,
1: I didn't want. I I didn't I didn't want to do any. I didn't want to give up control of anything. Still don't. I didn't want to mm-hmm. give up control of of, of anything. Um, and even at that young age, I knew I had this ability, and and it was for my protection. I I, I knew that. Um, I, I wouldn't have been able to say it, but but I it was it was it, it, I guess it was like a duck going in the water. Um, it didn't know it doesn't know it could swim, but it swims. It, it was it was kind of like that. Um, when I was about nine, my father took me to um, a Stanley Cup. Uh, semi-final game. It's it's hockey, right? And um, I'm in Toronto, and and, uh, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, versus the Boston Bruins. The the series was tied 1-1, and um, this particular game was tied 1-1, and they got to the end of the third period, and then they go to the first overtime period. And so remember, I'm nine years old, and we're at Maple Leaf Gardens, and it holds 18,000 people. And uh, the teams come on the ice for the first overtime period and they kind of have a little stretch. And then, and then, you know, the referee blows the whistle and the, the regular guys. And when they were just kind of warming up, I knew number 17 with Toronto Maple Leafs was going to score. And uh, his, that was Gary Eman. I knew it. The game hadn't even started, but I knew he was going to score. And then it got to the point where it was, he had scored. And I was seeing that in my mind, but the reality is that the game hadn't started. Anyway, the teams go to the bench, and, and, and Eamon was not a starting player. He, he, he was sitting on the bench when the game started. Just as the referee was ready to drop the puck, the lights went down in this building, and, and it was completely silent. I couldn't hold back the feelings that Eamon was going to score. So I jumped up and started yelling and screaming and cheering and the game hadn't started. And the entire building looked at me and my dad. And um, he just put his hand on my shoulder and said, sit down. And I did. And anyway, the the referee dropped the puck. And a couple of minutes later, um, Eamon jumped over the boards and somebody passed it to him. And he, he, he tipped the puck in the net. And the whole building erupted. And it was my uh, beginning of the awareness that, uh, that I was different and that I saw things differently. And, 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 and that's how I discovered it. And I also knew that I was going to do this in some way for the rest of my life. I, I, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew I was going to be doing uh, using that.
0: Now, do you get feelings about um, not only future events, but maybe people or uh, things that uh, could be maybe uh, bothering someone physically or mentally or with their health?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I sense. So when when I do a reading for somebody, um, I see their life from most of the time from, from conception to completion. I, I, I see um, now it' it's, it's more like a feeling than a vision, but, but I know. Um, and and I don't see details of how they were conceived and I don't actually see details of 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 how they die. I, I'm just aware of that energy starting and ending. Uh, um and throughout someone's reading I, I'm going back and forth but I, I don't spend that much time at, at, at either end. actually in my podcast um, that just was launched tonight or the tenth one, uh, my mentor was on and we were talking about um uh, doing those types of things way back in the 1970s we learned how to do a, a, a psychic body scan and and we would we would uh, but, but remember that was unheard of. In, in 1975. Um, so we were doing body scans, we would go into a light, all uh, a light um, uh, um, alpha state, and visualize the person's body in front of us. And and we would see the different areas of their body that may be in line or out of line, we see the different energies. And incidentally, um, I just remembered we started doing that in the nineteen seventies when I was talking with, with, with my mentor on my podcast, and and this brought all this back. Um, and and I realized that I used those skills when I was doing working on the book "The Perfect Predator" with the guy that was in the coma, and and I had the mental link with him. I learned those skills way back there in nineteen seventy five seventy six. I just realized that right now. Uh, by the way, so um, yes, I can. It, it's not something that I'm really big on. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not that. One of the reasons that I, I can't take it much very much farther than I see something going wrong. There's not much more I can do, mm-hmm. and there is not much more that I would dare try to do. Right. And the reason for that is because I have no experience in medicine. But if somebody's got a problem, say with their lung, I have no problem seeing that lung being dark, or or being black, or being red, or 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 being blue, or what what whatever. I have no problem doing that. And and when Tom was in that coma for eight months, um, and, and when I when I was describing what was going on with him, I would I would describe what I thought his pancreas would look like, I just knew it was a pancreas. Um, And I would, and I would describe it as, um, oh, this, this is uh, turning a purplish color, and there's a big brown spot here. And but but I had no idea what it was. And um, the only way I found out was the the, the scientists that were I was giving the information to uh, gave me the logical information after I was doing the psychic things.
0: Yes. Now this, uh, we spoke about this last time. This was a, yeah. a coma patient that you helped. Um, could you remind the audience a little bit more about what happened in that situation? That was a very fascinating yes. story.
1: And, and there's a book written called the perfect predator ab- about it. Um, it's, it's, it's I, I'm going to condense it as, as, as much as I can. Um, so, One of my clients of over 30 years, and I can tell you their name because they wrote the book and their names in the book, right? Um, The the first one, her her name is Stephanie Strathdee. She is a Torontonian. um, And the first time she came to me for a reading, she had just gotten her PhD in epidemiology. And now um, Stephanie is is a professor of epidemiology at the University of Southern Southern California, and she is a associate dean of, of the Department of um, epidemiology at the University of Southern California. Her husband Tom is a um, has a PhD in, in experimental psychology and a PhD in psychiatry. And he also um, is is a professor at the same university in experimental uh, 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 psychology, as well as an associate dean. So so like these people are in the big time thinkers. They've been my clients for a long time. Stephanie and Tom uh, decide they're gonna go away on another wonderful vacation. And they decide that they're gonna go to Egypt and see the pyramids. The year before I did a reading for Tom. And Tom, when I describe Tom, I think of um of um an older Indiana Jones kind of guy. Cause cause he, you know, he was like six foot five. Um uh, he's been a researcher. He, he, he did research in South America and got kidnapped by the Sandinistas and just about starved to death, but survived. And, you know, he's had this really wild, you know, almost almost book like life, you know, like a, um, an adventure story life. I mean, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, so but he had ballooned, ballooned up to over 300 pounds. And he stopped taking care of himself. And, you know, that sometimes happened. So I did a reading for Tom the year before the vacation. And and I told Tom that um, at such and such a time, he was going to lose more than 100 pounds. And one of the things that I do when I do readings, one of the techniques that I do, uh, I have when I'm giving somebody a reading, is when I have to tell them something bad. I tell them the ultimate um, end result of the bad thing that happened first. So I tell them how they're successful. That, that, that's how I do it. And then I come back to today. And then I give them a little glimpse of like, if it's a really disaster, then I'll just give them a little glimpse of what could happen. But then I would also talk about, you know, the end result. And then each time I come back to it, I just make it a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, just so that they don't go, oh, fuck, and panic. And 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 if I do it gently, they, they can control it. So um, I told Tom that there was a disease and illness coming. No, that's not what I said. First of all, I said, um, um, in such and such a year from now, you're, you're going to be more a hundred pounds. Uh, you're going to weigh less than a hundred, you're going to be a hundred pounds less than what you are now. And, um, you're, you're, you, you look great. You're doing good. And then I come back and I, and, 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 and I, and I say to him, um, however, uh, before that happens, there is um, a really serious illness and it's so serious you will not be able to get closer to death and not die but you will survive and you will lose more than a hundred pounds and then i said to him i'm not sure which one's the destiny i'm not sure if you getting sick and losing 100 pounds is your destiny or losing 100 pounds i think though if you pay attention and you lose the 100 pounds now you might miss the illness and then i said to him it's up to you you can do it the easy way or you can do it the hard way but just remember you, you will you will survive So I had told, scared the shit out of him, by the way, and and um, you know, and for a couple of days, you know, I lived on salary and you know salads and stuff, and and then he went back to his old ways. So anyway, Tom and Steph go away on their dream vacation, and it was coming up near Christmas. It was in late November, December, and um, they they go through the one of the pyramids. Tom gets sick. And um, has a problem with his abdomen, and, and, and I, I think it was his pancreas. Um, they had to carry him out of the out of the pyramid, and he went to the. They went to the ho- hotel first, and the doctor came. And then they said, the doctor said, "We got to get you to the hospital." He got rushed to the hospital. In the hospital in Egypt, he contracted the most potent super virus on the planet,
0: cool.
1: and that super virus was one hundred percent antibiotic resistant. That meant if you get this uh, bug, you die. That was the result, Mm -hmm. and he already was going into a coma in Egypt. Um, so anyway, um, they had great insurance. Tom gets medevac. Tom and Stephanie get medevac to Germany, and they get medevac to this clinic that's you know the best in the world or best in that part of the world dealing with these things. And Tom was put into complete isolation. As I said, he was was in a coma. All the medics around him were were in in um, hazmat suits, and um, again, he, he he was in a coma, and he basically they just basically believed he was going to die, um, and that there was no hope. Stephanie called me. This happened, um, and, and she called me early into the first week of Christmas. And I had the worst flu, man. <laughs> I could I could hardly get out of bed. And and um she she called me on Skype and, and I crawled out of bed and answered and 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 said, What took you so long? I've been waiting for you. And when well, actually that was true. And then we started talking about Tom. And um in that time, they were Stephanie. Just was just told you he's going to die, um, and Stephanie decided that before he died, she, I had told Stephanie that she had all the ability, all the skill, all the experience to find a cure for Tom. She had it, she could use it, and she could do it. And and she decided that she was going to give it a try, but you know her husband was dying of of this super bug. And, and she was uh, looking for a cure. And Tom was in a, a, a coma for eight months. He went into septic, septic shock seven times, it came out of it. Um, I had a mental link with Tom 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I knew what was going on with him all the time uh, now what i knew what was going on with him in germany When when he came back to california i knew what was going on with him then i i felt it i knew when he was getting sick i knew when he was getting strong i knew when something was going wrong in his body i couldn't tell the i couldn't tell the doctor i couldn't explain it i couldn't tell stephanie what it was but i could describe it and it was many times during that time um, I started saying and feeling getting information a few days before the doctors were, 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 were getting it. And there, and I, I, um, and there were three different times that, that Tom was ready to let go and die and it didn't show up on the machines. It showed up in his unconscious mind, which, they never considered that he, he was conscious at all. And indeed he could hear, he could, he could hear sounds, um, he could sort of process um, and, and he had an awareness, but he was unconscious. Um, there was this one time in Germany and and what I had done is is the way I imagined how his strength was, is I vi- visualized very much like a candle behind me. And, and, and I thought of his energy like like a candle and the flame was his life force. And when the flame was burning, well, strongly, I, I, I relaxed because I knew his life force was strong and he wasn't going to die today or, you know, he wasn't going to die right now. And I knew it because the flame was very strong. When the flame would flicker, I would know something was going on, and and then you know start looking for it. And then I'd be telling Stephanie. And believe me, there is like a hundred thousand doctors involved. You know, I'm not I'm not doing you, you know this me, you know high, you know hocus pocus medicine. My job was to know what was going on with Tom unconscious. That's all. Nothing to do with the the the, the, the medical part. Um, so I knew. He was, because the flame really was flickering. I thought it was going to go out. And 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 I said to Tom, or I said to Stephanie, Tom needs to see his daughters. Yesterday would have been a good day. Today would have been a good day. It's a good day. Tomorrow's not so good. And if you wait any longer, don't bother. His daughters were living in California. And Stephanie just said, okay. And um, his daughters arrived that night. And he came on with hazmat suits and they, you know, they came over to him and um, I knew that they were there because uh, um, I, I watched the flame get stronger and, and I, I knew that, that, that they had showed up and um, had. So this is a pretty spectacular thing. Um there are many people live today that could have done the same thing there are some brilliant psychics. i just want to i really want to say that i am i was lucky my number came up you know it's like i was standing in line they called my name and i went up to bat that that is what happened but there were other people that could have done they would have done a different leg but they could have done it um as good as so i i just really want to say that because, you know i'm not just the only one um, okay. Do you want me to stop now, or? Keep... Well, no. Well,
0: ultimately, um, just what happened Anyway, he, with he, Tom,
1: he, yeah. he, he, he. Um, oh yes, uh, Stephanie found the cure and uh, treated, but it went right down to the point where he was um, like five hours from death um, before he got treated with the, the 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 cure that Stephanie had found for him, and he was injected um, with phages and uh, and um he got stronger and he you, you know like the next day he came out of a coma and um he's alive now it's been several years since and since since that happened they've written a book and they just um are in the process of signing a movie deal
0: wow that's great and i'm guessing he lost that 100 pounds as well
1: <laughs> he certainly did and by wow. the way by the way the first time i got to see him and, and talk to him when he was conscious and i looked at him mm. and what I said is, "Hey Tom, I know an easier way to lose a hundred pounds."
0: <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> and I we bet. both
1: laugh. We both laughed.
0: Now, whenever, whenever you yeah. uh, see, you know, these future events or, or yes. possibilities, do you think that these are something that's set in stone, or is it just no. possible timelines that could occur? Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if something can be seen. cannot be changed, and it cannot be seen. Because if it could be seen, it could be changed. So if I see something, there is a probability that on that timeline, that person will experience this. And I'm pretty good at doing that. Except that at any moment in time, if I say to somebody, you're going to be driving on the I-90 and uh, you're going to hit a lamppost uh, on Friday, you, you know, whatever. They, they, um, and, and the guy says, OK, and he finds himself on I-90 at um, that date. And he says, oh, shit, Millen said this. And the guy gets off of I-90. He could do that. Yeah. If it were destiny, I wouldn't have told him and he would hit the pole and get wiped out so when i give information the person can accept it and stay in that timeline or choose to do any other possibility and i'm a, you know i'm a behavioralist in, in in my thinking so when you have one way of doing something you have three um, because because you 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 know cuz when you have one way of doing something you have the exact opposite because that, that's, and, and that's the, also the purpose of life is to experience. And what we do one way, we must do the opposite. And, and what we are, one way we are the exact opposite. So um, we have free choice and free will. But when you have a way of doing something, you then have the exact opposite way of doing it. And you can do that. But when you have two ways, you actually have three. Because you have this way, the other, the exact opposite, then somewhere in between. And that's the reality. But let's hold on to your chair here for a moment. But somewhere in between doesn't have to be in the middle. Somewhere in between could be over here or over here. So when you have one way of doing I love it. You're thinking, I love this. <laughs> it's great. So uh, if you, you could, so if you have one way of doing something and you open your mind um, you could have three, we saw that, but you could have six because somewhere in between isn't in the middle. doesn't have to be. So you could have six ways or 12 or 24 or 48 Um, was it nexus 96 or and and it can go on to infinity Mm -hmm. that's that's called enlightenment
0: and that kind of brings me to the point that the more Individuals I talk to, like yourself, intuitive psychics, people who do remote viewing, have these mm-hmm. these conscious abilities. Uh, and the more I realize it's probably something that we should have, that we've always had, that our ancients had access to, that our ancestors had access to, that we just lost somewhere along our history. We, we didn't uh, lose it. Well, it, it, maybe it forgot how to access it in some way.
1: Right. But we haven't lost it. and. Yeah. We, even if we don't know we have it, we have it and we use it. Mm-hmm. Um, in my first podcast, one of the things I talked about was, could, can, can every, could anybody be psychic? And what, what, the way I described it is, uh, you know, probably not Um, not everyone can be psychic, but if you think of a a bell-shaped curve and at one end of the curve, um, there is one person that has absolutely zero awareness, like zip. Um, And then the bell-shaped curve, you go around, there's another guy or woman at at that end and and is 100% total awareness. And then the rest of us are somewhere in between. Now, our instincts, are intuition um our psychic ability almost everybody has been thinking about someone one time and the phone rings or an email comes in and um it's that person like like for example um just before my publicist booked the show i was thinking about you and and like you know the next day the the uh the um uh um Booking came through on my email. I, wow, isn't that interesting? Now, now everybody does that. Yeah. That's being psychic. Or have you ever been somewhere and all of a sudden you look up and you see someone's been looking at you or is looking at you? Mm-hmm. That's being psychic. Or if you've been looking at somebody and they turn and look at you, that's being psychic. So that's the beginning. Um, and that is what just about every human has. And actually just about every mammal, because, because that's a, um, an instinct that, that, that most have. And it's what causes us to survive. It, it um, keeps us alive. And we often follow our instincts, even when we don't know we're doing it.
0: And how would you best describe this this? kind of conscious connection to everything that would uh, enhance these, what some would call psychic abilities or intuitive mm. abilities. Um,
1: so what we're talking about with our intuition, our psychic ability is our feeling and that's where it comes from so um scientific way so i'm not putting down the scientific way but but the scientific way is a different part of the brain and Mm. it's sequential thought um it's logical Uh, these psychic things or these intuitions are um conceptual as, as opposed to sequential they're they're um uh um, instinctive, not logical. So there are two different parts of the brain, and it's really hard to describe it um, in an analytical way because it's not tangible.
0: Right, and I've heard it's people- also
1: something that that doesn't that, that you can't repeat hundred um, percent of the time. You can't duplicate it the same way every time. Um, now, you don't have to be smart to be psychic. You don't have to be smart. You, you, you can be really stupid and be a psychic. Um, but but uh, of course, there's not very many of those. Um, so, so getting in touch with feelings and emotions, our intuitions, um, we all can do that. The smarter we are, the, the, the better we express it and the better we identify it. But here's the thing that's really cool about this. Um, it's difficult for me to do a reading for somebody that um, is somebody that would be uh, living on welfare. Um, living that life um, and having that mentality uh, and, and, and being, I, I just really want to be careful because I'm not putting anyone down. Um, somebody who um, is, uh, grew up in uh, social housing, um, poorly educated, uh, um, not evolved, I would really have a lot of trouble doing a reading for that person because I would have trouble relating to where they're at. But, you know, there are people that, that um, are similar, and they do the same psychic work in the way these people can understand. So there is someone for, like us for everyone, but one of us is not like that for everyone.
0: Now uh, I want to get your insights into what's going on in our world today. What's going on in our collective consciousness? Sure. There's a lot of collective fear, but there's there's two sides. There's different timelines, I believe, occurring at the same time. There's people that are you know a group of people in this world that are you know living their lives in fear, and it's affecting all you know everything around them. And there's this this group of people who aren't really affected by it, and I think that these two timelines. Uh, you know, they could converge some, some way in the near future. And I'm wondering if you could get your thoughts on that.
1: Okay. Um, I, 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 I have some, um, I actually started thinking. Ah, sorry. Um, I, don't, I don't know what happened here. Um, anyway. Um, I have been doing a little bit of thinking because my, my publicist told me that some of these shows, you know, you guys want me to do that. Um, so I, I put a little bit more time in my focus and has mostly been this for me in, in my life and in my work um, is, is the person in front of me. Um, I, I can't solve world hunger uh, I can feed the poor guy that's, that's on the corner. Um, I, I can't, I can't um, heal the, all the sick. I, I, I can help somebody get to a doctor. Um, I, so I'm focused on what, what I can do um, in front of me.
0: Right.
1: So that that's the way I see the world more so. Um, but what I have been seeing is, is that, for several months in 2022 and, and um, in starting in the first week of January, uh, like the fourth, fifth is um, th- it's, it's, it's going to start getting really intense. I'm, I'm talking about your country right now, um, but, but the whole world in general, um, the, 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 the pressure of the, um, the good guys against the bad guys. And it just depends on who you're talking to. um, The the, the pressure is just going to get greater and greater and greater. Those that are, and those that are anti Um, and, and that plus politics will, will continue to build, but that's going to be all around the world and not just focused on your country or my country for that matter. Uh, Although we'll be less involved. So um, peaking late spring, and my belief is that things are going to erupt, get intense to the point, and everybody's going to get frightened, and then step down or step back. And as we're into late May, um, the it's it, it's like the it's like the um, balloon popped and the energy came out or the air came out. So. Late spring of 2020, um, sorry, 2022 is, is um, there's going to be like a, a burst of energy and it'll frighten people and they'll take a really hard look at what they're doing and step back and step down um, and uh, um, intense... Uh, the, The intense anger, instead of it being furious and want to hit the guy in front of you or shoot the guy in front of you or whatever, um, the energy will be taken down a notch and they'll just be really pissed at one another, but, but, but not being violent.
0: Now, this is something that you've picked up on just intuitively.
1: It's the only way I would.
0: Yeah. And... You know approximately when did you start you know just picking up on these these feelings of, of these when
1: images? when 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 i was knew that i was going to be on um shows for this time of the year and and when and when this time of the year is over i'm not going to be thinking about that very much anymore <laughs> right. and um there's there's lots of reasons and 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 I, I i have no issue with what anyone else does um i like to work in areas that i can see the results of my work. Um, I, I want to help the person in front of me. I, I, I want to, you know, the person that fell down, I want to help them up. Uh, the person that's sitting at the corner begging for money. I, 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 I want to give them enough money so they can have the day off.
0: Now when you do
1: that, I do that, you know, I do that.
0: When you're doing readings, most commonly, yes. what are what are some of the most common things that people are coming to you for readings about?
1: Most people are coming because of feeling insecure about their their life, how, how it's going. Um, most times, people come to me when they're in crisis, they're they're, they're going through something. What often happens when they're um, when they come to me and, and, my area, I, I'm really in, I like, I'm really f- fascinated, um, in behavior that I, I am a behavioralist and I, and I'm really into that. Um, and, um, so when, when people come to me, um, it turns out that what they think the problem is there's three or four other ones as well. And 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 that often comes out in 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 the work I do and um, ways of getting out of those issues ha- happen or those problems er, I- in the readings that I do and often I'll talk about so that um, so mine is more of a inner healing and a um, um, you know getting a better job um, having a better life. Um, getting along with your, your wife, your, 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 your husband, uh, your children, uh, how your children are going to be, how your work is going to be that that's that stuff that's, you know, really turns me on actually.
0: Now this, and, these, these things yes. you can immediately sense uh, whenever you first oh, yeah. meet a person.
1: If I wanted to do that, I would, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I i would but 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 i don't want to do that um and and i have i have to shut down w- what happens when i do readings and, I, and i'm still doing them you know I, i've slowed down uh, i only do around 400, a year, a year now because i got a bunch of other stuff to do um when, when when someone comes to me for a reading either online or in person i don't ask questions about, I don't ask questions in the reading. And when, when I sit down, I, oh, I, I do ask, how old are you? What month is your next birthday? And then, and then I just, I just start to talk. And in that time, I talk about the person's life where they're going, what's happened. And most of that, those major issues come to the surface and get dealt with. And one of the things that gives me um, Incredible joy, and I am really proud to say I am really good at this. When people come to me, they're afraid, they're freaked out, they're panicked, um, they they can't see beyond the moment, and they they come to me and their faces are all tense, and you know their eyes are all strained, and um, they're they're scared and. As, as I do the reading and and as I'm talking with them, I, I see them relax, I see their eyes get clear. and and by and by the end of the reading, they're they're feeling safe. they' they're, they're feeling in control. Um, they're feeling like they're gonna make it. And it's, it, it is the most beautiful thing. It is just the most incredible thing.
0: That's really great.
1: Uh, And and I can uh, I never get tired of it.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure for sure. Uh, Now, I want to go back to just for a second to a little bit of future predictions after this kind of period of turmoil that you predict in there will be
1: a new there will be a new administration
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, in the White House after the next election.
0: Interesting. Now, do you see any, uh, you know, better times than we're in now that things will, you know, kind of go back to, I don't want to say normal. I don't think they'll ever go back to normal, but some kind of state of uh, stability.
1: Um, I'm not quite sure what you mean by stability.
0: (laughs) What, what (laughs) I would tell these days with that, What I would,
1: what I would, what I can, I, what I'm very confident in saying is that, um, in February of 2023, so um, a year and a month from now, um, people will be walking around without masks as a, as a general rule. Um, everything will be open and we will be back to the openness we're used to because of what's gone on in our societies, both you know in North America, um, our way of interacting and relating with one another is is uh become different. And where the real issues will be happening is when the children that are seven, eight, nine, ten, 11 years old, when, when, when they get to be about 18 or 19, there's going to be a lot of problems, um, with that generation. Um, that that's the, but the worst, what does happen coming up to the end of next year is like, like what I, what I said is, uh, um, in late spring, uh, very early summer, there is some kind of uprising. And it scares everybody, and everybody backs down, um, and then they lower the intensity, and then start to get along. That's the so what I'm seeing is the energy becoming gentler. Yeah. Now, that's what I'm saying. Okay, then in in January, February, um, the the country. The border here between your country and, and mine um, is open uh, freely. Nobody's really forced to wear a mask. You don't have to say you have a vaccination. Um, you, you'll be, we'll, we will be back to trading and, and uh, buying things and going places and, and, and doing all that. Or we'll be able to.
0: Hey, that'll be something very good to look forward to. Well, so? and it's happening. Oh, tell us about your podcast, My Side of the Crystal Ball.
1: It's, it's it's my side of the crystal ball. Yes, and it's um it's it's a lot like a late night talk show rather than a r- rather than a podcast, and um it's it's uh, three segments. My podcast is only an hour long, and uh, there are three segments. The first one is w uh, w r s and that's what would robert say and and uh, i I take a topic and I talk about it and um I talk about it for about fifteen minutes, but lately it's only been about nine or ten and and I talk about um ways of looking at life. i talk about about one was uh recently in WWRS is when you know something's going to happen, but not when you can't control when it's going to happen. But what you can control is how you're going to experience it. And then I go into a talk about um, you have free choice and free will. And then I say, well, no matter what you do, you're going to experience it. You do nothing, you're going to experience it or what do you want to get out of it? So I did a whole talk like that. And then there was one where I talked about what what trust is, and and how it's built and how to identify it. And then another one I talked about um, how to be psychic. Actually, I was only supposed to talk for 15 minutes, and it went on for 50, and it made it into two shows. Um, So that's WWRS. Um, The second... Uh, segment is is called the experts chair. And it's 15 minutes long as well. And it's somebody um, that's really good at their field. And they, it's, it's a short, concise I- I- interview. It's really cool. Um, and then the third segment is a half an hour long. It's called the main event. And um, it's a more in depth um, I- I- interview. And that that's the way the podcast is. It's fast paced. And um, it is there's music, the intro, and there's music between each segments, and 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 things like that. So it's a, it's like a late night talk show, and it's all about being uh, growth, positive things. It's, it's it's all about evolving, being psychic. I've had yeah, it sounds interesting like you're helping guests.
0: people coming into their awareness as well.
1: I I hope so. Yeah, I, I that's hope really so. Great. Yeah, so, so uh, that's what I've been doing.
0: That's great. Do you have anything interesting upcoming that you'd like to kind of keep, give a teaser about?
1: well right now today um the tenth one was just released um and it's i met i my mentor from 45 years ago uh um he, he's on my podcast and and instead of having three segments i did um i, I did a Wwrs but it was only... You know, five minutes, and then I spent the whole time talking with my my mentor from forty five years plus, and, and and we talked about the beginning of the, um, the new age, and, and 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 how it happened, and and um, how it became mainstream when when just you know just a few years before I when when I was doing started working at at the tea room. It, at when I was fifteen, there was nowhere else for people like me to work mm-hmm. your kitchen table or or um uh, a tea room there was no possibility of of uh getting ahead uh, th- there was no way you could have a company or a job uh doing this because it was illegal there was no and and from that to um, bringing it into mainstream. And we talk about those early days and, and how he and, and I and many of us um, opened the doors for, for that new, gener- new era. It was really quite fascinating.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Well, Robert, thank you so much. Uh, people do. can find your podcast on all podcast platforms.
1: Yep, yeah. Um, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and pretty much any other um, place where you get your podcasts. Nice. You can also find me on my website, yes. uh, www.robertlindsaymilne.com. Um, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube catch this one uh tiktok too there you <laughs> go
0: tiktok all right yeah. i still haven't gotten on the tiktok but I'm, I'm you know everybody's getting on there i might have to check yeah. it out one day yeah <laughs> all yeah, right I, i'm doing
1: it now thank you
0: well thank you so much for coming on that was fantastic as usual we'll have to talk to you again of course in the future
1: maybe you'll come on my show
0: oh that would be great okay all right well, okay. thank you robert we'll Talk again soon till next time everyone have an excellent evening